just before the news, we were talking about how to help um, in terms of relief efforts for Syria and Turkey. Uh, mentioned that the humanitarian coalition is up and running. If you go to their website, that's 12 Canadian aid agencies that come together when there's a massive humanitarian crises like this and, and sort of work together and coordinate their efforts to make sure the aid gets where it needs to go. That's a good place to start. It was just announced by the Prime Minister over Twitter that... Um, the Canadian government will be offering some immediate aid. Justin Trudeau on Twitter said, After yesterday's devastating earthquakes, we are providing $10 million in immediate aid to the people of Turkey and Syria and will continue to provide support as the situation evolves. Our partners are already distributing food, emergency fuel, and shelter items. So $10 million, uh, in emergency aid, immediate aid from the Canadian government, uh, waiting to see if they will be matching donations made by Canadians. That's something that typically happens, so uh, we'll bring you word on that. As we said, uh, the window gets smaller and smaller for rescue and it slowly but surely it sadly turns to a recovery effort but those miraculous stories are starting to emerge listen to this one this is from syria um a northwest syrian town discovered a crying infant whose mother had given birth to the child while buried under the rubble of a five-story apartment building that was leveled completely leveled by the earthquake the newborn girl was found in the debris with the umbilical cord still connected to her mother who had passed away. The baby was, in fact, the only survivor from her family from the building that collapsed on Monday in the small town of Jindaris, right on the Turkish border. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. A brand new baby rescued from the rubble. Sadly, the mother passed away, but um, those are the kind of stories that we're going to continue to hear more and more about. So let's find out there's some deep ties. You know what? Syria has been through and you know how Canada stepped up and how many Syrian refugees arrived in Alberta and the work that Albertans did to welcome them. There's some deep ties to that part of the world here in Alberta. So uh, it, it's got to be just a heart-wrenching time for them. We're going to chat now with Marwa Kobe, who is Executive Director of the Syrian Canadian Foundation. Marwa, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Jay, for having me and shedding light on the situation in Syria and Turkey now. Yeah, it is just, uh, it's heart-wrenching. It really is. It's, uh, um, your personal situation, if, if you don't mind telling me, do you have loved ones in, in the affected areas? I mean, what, what are you going through personally? Well, yesterday was a really tough day on me on a person level and my team members as well. Half of my team are newcomers themselves. Um, they, uh, they have family members in Turkey and in Syria and some are in Lebanon as well. I had cousins that I, for hours, I didn't know anything about them. We were just waiting for any news to see if, if they made it, if they're alive. So, um, I'm happy that at least we were able to get in touch with them, but yeah. I have many family friends where we still don't know if, if they made it or not. Um, in terms of establishing contact, I'm, I'm just wondering, like prior to the earthquake, we know what Syria has gone through with the, with the war that's ravaged that country for so many years. What was it like before the earthquake? So um, that's actually one of the points that I wanted to share with you. Thank you for asking that important question. To share some context with the audience and listeners who are tuning in, uh, to be honest, it's been an ongoing war zone in Syria since 2012. And uh, in the beginning, it was kind of uh, started with a war outbreak in different cities in Syria when many Syrian families were forcibly displaced to leave their home due to bombing and attacks seeking a safe place in different cities in Syria. And then after that, of course, the situation escalated 
isolated and many of these families had to leave the country and seek refuge in the neighboring countries of Syria like Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Syrian refugee crisis happened. And sadly, since then, it became one of the largest refugee crises around the world, resulting over 13 million Syrian refugees. And 6.8 are internally displaced within Syria. And when within these 6 million, we have 2.9 who are currently in the uh, west, um, in the northwest of Syria, where sadly the earthquake happened. So prior to the earthquake, their situation is, of course, devastating. And after what happened, you just feel like these people are going from one crisis to another. That particular region of Syria, I know different parts of the country were affected to different extents. The, the, the area hardest hit by this earthquake, what kind of conditions were people living in there? Was the infrastructure intact? Were they in, were in the refugee camps like you talked about? I mean, what was the situation prior to the earthquake? Well, uh, before that, they were literally living as refugees right. within their own country, yeah. their own home, which is more like it's, it's terrifying and it's a horrible situation. They were neglected by, they neglected by the government. They don't have enough resources. Majority of these families are um, single mothers and children. They don't have access to education. They don't have access to food, shelters, or um, any medical relief. So after the earthquake happened, that's where uh, many grassroots organizations and local organizations on the ground are trying to focus on that area just to be able to help them because many of them lost everything now. We, we, thousands of families are still under the rubble. They don't even have the equipment. Um, many of, of my family friends are saying they don't even have ropes to take out the people. They're Goodness. literally just losing, using their hands because they don't have any tools to help them. Yeah, we were just talking about the situation in Turkey and the, and the tens of thousands of people that are already in place and working, and I've seen, you know, large machinery. I mean, with the years of war that's happened in Syria, uh, it's it's drastically affecting the rescue efforts by the sounds of it. It's just the infrastructure isn't there. No, not at all. Everything is on the ground. Now, uh, one of the, the small buildings that they, they, they had there, everything is now on the ground. Yeah. And they lost even their tents, not to mention the freezing weather that they're going through. There was a snowstorm two, two days before the earthquake happened. So many of these families were literally on the street. They had nowhere to go. Um, and now they're just trying their best to, uh, many organizations are providing yeah. them with blankets and uh, food and winter jackets just until they can make it through and, and hopefully we can get some tents for them uh, so they can basically sleep in. Uh, in terms of what's going on within the community here in Alberta, how big is it? There's a number, right? And, and relative newcomers as well with what gone, went on in Syria uh, in the past, you know, five, ten years. Um, what, what is the community doing to try and rally around and, and, and support um, the people of Syria? They're really trying their best to, to be honest, focus on now raising funds. They're trying to yeah. partner with international organizations um, and uh, local organizations on the ground to be able to send medical relief, uh, food and blankets and jackets for and water. Water is, is of course, um, needed there. Um, finally, today we have found like trucks of an organization called Mulham Team. Uh, they're trying their best to um, cross the borders from Turkey to Idlib, which is northwest Syria, to provide uh, um, them with food and and the winter blankets for them. So when we hear about the international groups that are heading over, I know that we had some audio earlier from LA County. Uh, their rescue crews were heading over. Uh, I hear a lot of people heading to Turkey, but it is it is crossing the border into Syria as well. It's not being completely forgotten by the international effort. 
Well, we're hoping that's what we're trying to advocate yeah, yeah. for because we know that in terms of Turkey, um, uh, we're happy that they're able to get international support. But we are focusing on also Syria because yeah. again, they're neglected by the government. It's, it's, it gets really uh, challenging to to access these resources for the families. But um, um, we're really blessed that when many of these organizations, like the White Helmets and Munham Team, they're on the ground. We're in touch with them. They're able to uh, provide all the resources resources needed by uh, general generous fund. Um, donations from people here in Canada and community members, because we also have many Syrian refugees who live here in Canada, yeah. um, and they have many families back home. So just the, the thing that I always encourage um, Canadians to do from the community is just reaching, reach out to your community members, people that you know, Syrian families, just to provide them with even emotional support. They just want someone to be there for them, to show support, emotional support, and of course, financial support is, is like it's a dire need for Syrians now. Yeah, and, it, and it's the easiest and the most effective and the quickest way. Yeah. Uh, Many to, people are asking us if we can support them, like sending clothes. And yeah, yeah. We we'll encourage everybody to just please send funds because that's what they need. That's what they can um, really support with. And then these grassroots organizations on the ground are able to purchase and buy the resources needed for the, for these families. Uh, Marwa, I, I hesitate to even ask because it, it it's pales in comparison in terms of importance to the, the humanitarian disaster that's unfolding. But I've read some stories about the historical archaeological sites, the architecture, things like that, the history uh, that's in Syria that's been damaged by this earthquake. Have you heard anything about that? Um, yes, well, I'm, I mean, uh, historically speaking, Damascus is one of the oldest yeah. capital cities in the world. So uh, what, what's been happening for the past 11 years is, is, of course, devastating. Aleppo as well has been heavily impacted by the earthquake. Um, again, lack of resources, lack of food, lack of shelter. Um, they don't have electricity. I mean, prior to the earthquake, they only um, get electricity two hours a day. Can you imagine living in a cold weather? They have no gas, no fuel, and no cars even support the families who are still under the rubble. So the situation is, is really devastating and, and uh, we're really hoping that through international support we're able to um, uh, send the resources and, and the right uh, support for these families to recover. Yeah, it's so important. Marwa, thank you so much for being here this morning. I really appreciate it. We'll get an update later in the week if that's okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you very much. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.